47, page 561, in the back of the Book of Praise, Lord's Day 47. So in the section here on the Lord's Prayer, what is the first petition? Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may, be, that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Brothers and sisters, when we address our God as our Father in heaven, we are, we are reminded that we have a loving, secure, and intimate relationship with God, similar as children have with their earthly fathers, but much better because our Heavenly Father is perfect. God, our Father, desires a close relationship with us, his children. Because of Christ, we are given the right and privilege to call God our Father. We come to our Father in heaven as the source of all that we need and desire. The prayer that Jesus taught is a model to learn and use. We may pray it exactly as Jesus said, but it does not have to be prayed word for word. It can be used as an outline that we may add to that as the Spirit leads us. As we study the first request today, consider how you may add your own personal words to it in response to who God is. Some questions to think about and try to answer during this this sermon and after as you reflect further on the message. How do you pray that God would hallow his own name? How do you pray so that you would hallow God's name? And how do you honor God as holy in your life? From the beginning of the prayer that Jesus taught, we need to see that it starts with God. The first prayer requests are God-directed, focused on our Father in heaven. God gets the priority. And notice that hallowed be your name is not a statement. It is a request. This request is the first thing that Jesus chose to instruct us to pray about. It is of primary importance. What are we asking when we pray, hallowed be your name? What does hallowed mean? It means to make holy to sanctify or to consider holy. We can look at some other scripture passages that help us understand what this prayer request means. 
First Corinthians 1, 2 says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. That's the word, sanctified. Called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For many of the times that this word is used in the New Testament, it refers to, to people, to sinners, who have been made holy because of Christ and his sacrifice. But how do we understand what it means to hallow God's name? 1 Peter 3.14 can shed some light for us as it directly references Christ. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. We are to reverence, honor, and acknowledge Christ as the Holy Lord. He is the one we are to fear and trust. To say that Christ and God is holy means that he is different, different than anything else we experience or find in the the universe. God is the one creator of all, different than all creatures. He is uncreated and eternal. He is worthy of the adoration of every creature. We are to pray, hallowed be your name. What is the meaning and significance of God's name? In the Bible, a person's name stands for who the person is. The name of God represents himself, his person. God's name embodies his essence and character. To hallow God's name is to honor God himself. Name, then, refers to all that is true of God, all that has been revealed about him. Name represents God in all his attributes. In this request, we ask ask God that his name be regarded as sacred, seen as holy, and treated with reverence. How do you feel if your name is forgotten or mispronounced? You don't like it, do you? Imagine then how God feels when his name, which stands for all who he is, is misused and abused. This connects with the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Lord's Day 36 says that we must use the holy name of God only with reverence and awe so that we may properly confess him, call upon him, and praise him in everything we do and say. To pray, hallowed be your name, means to have a burning desire that the, the whole world may bow before the one true God in adoration and reverence and worship. We long that God would be worshipped and glorified and the greatness of his character be known. This request follows or or it connects with, with the two following requests. Hallowed be your name is the basis for his kingdom coming and for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray this request, we are not praying that God's name 
should be made holy, for it already is holy. To pray, hallowed be your name, is to attribute to God the holiness that he already is and always will be his. Three times throughout Psalm 99, the psalmist glorifies God and his holiness. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and exalted. And he heard the seraphim call to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. As holy, the Lord God is set apart. He is transcendent, meaning he is high above. He is exalted. He is majestic. He is awesome. He is flawless. And in Revelation 4, which we read, the apostle John saw a throne in heaven with one seated on the throne, God himself. He saw the four living creatures around the throne and they were full of eyes in front and behind. Day and night, they never ceased to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to to receive glory and honor and power. In the Lord's Prayer, we ask that God's name, which embodies his essence and character, the entirety of who he is, will be treated as holy. We honor God's name in public. We strive to honor God when we are alone. We also desire that the whole world will honor him as holy. So one part of this request is that God will allow or or will hallow his name himself. It is expressing the desire and wish that God would make his greatness and holiness known across the world. Well, how does he do this? Well, he does it through his creation, through all that he has made, through his image bearers, through the land and the sea, through his ongoing provision and sustaining of the world, through his acts of judgment, through his word when it is read and preached and people come to know him, through his acts of redemption. The other part of the prayer request is that God's name, he himself, would be hallowed in and and through us. Before we get into some specific ways of how to hallow God's name, let's look at two biblical examples of people not hallowing God's name. The first is from Leviticus 10. The priests Nadab and Abihu were disobedient. They wrongly performed their religious duties. They were just ordained as as priests 
But immediately they dishonored God. They did not worship God in the way that he prescribed. They offered unauthorized fire before the Lord. We don't know exactly what they did wrong, but they did not do as God commanded. And as a result of their wrong worship, Leviticus 10.2 says that fire came out from the presence of Yahweh and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. And then Moses said to Aaron, It is what Yahweh said, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And in Numbers 20, which we read, there was no water for the congregation. They were thirsty and greatly concerned that there was no water anywhere to be found. In response, they assembled together and rebelled against Moses and Aaron and complained that they were brought out of Egypt into the wilderness. Moses and Aaron then came into the presence of the Lord, fell face down and prayed on behalf of the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them and God told Moses to take the staff and meet with Aaron and the whole congregation. Listen to God's specific instruction. Speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. You will bring out water for them from the rock and it will give drink to the congregation and the cattle. So Moses took the staff as God commanded and he he and Aaron gathered the people before the rock. And then hear what Moses said to the people. Listen, you rebels. From this rock shall we bring you water? Then he lifted up his hand and struck the rock two times with the staff. With this, Moses sinned against the Lord. But in an an amazing act of grace, water came gushing out of the water in great abundance. And all the congregation drank, and so did their cattle. God provided for the people once again, despite their quarreling and the sin of Moses. But let's pay close attention to how God responded to what Moses said and did. God said, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring the congregation into the land that I have given them. When God said that Moses did not believe him, he meant that Moses did not accept and trust God's instructions. Moses was not satisfied with how God wanted to be portrayed as gentle and gracious. So Moses decided to be more forceful and terrifying than God intended, giving a wrong picture of God to the people. Moses brought attention to himself and portrayed himself as being powerful. And by doing this, the power and might of God was not truly displayed to the people. Moses did not acknowledge the Lord's greatness. His words and actions did not show God as being holy and and separate. He gave the people a wrong image of God, a, a human picture of God who was hostile, harsh, and angry. 
Moses ex- exclaimed, Shall we bring water out of, from this rock? And by saying this, Moses put themselves in the place of God, seeking to give themselves honor. And then in a rebellious act, Moses raised his hand. And Numbers 15.30 reveals that lifting a hand was symbolic of defiance against God, a deliberate, intentional sin. And then he acted violently, striking the rock twice, when God told him to only speak to the rock. So Moses deliberately disobeyed God. And because of his disobedience, his dishonoring of God and misrepresenting him, he was not permitted to bring the people into the promised land. He received the same consequences as the rebellious first generation who died in the wilderness. Moses too will die there in the wilderness. How do we hallow God's name and avoid the mistakes of Nadab and Abihu and Moses? It begins with knowing God, with knowing him. The catechism says, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you. We must know the truth about God, about who he is, we cannot honor a God who we don't know, whose, whose character has not been studied by us. If we don't know God's wonderful greatness and, and awesome holiness, we won't be careful to treat him as holy. We won't have much desire to lift up his name or have any passion to honor him. Has this been your experience You forget about God during the week because you're not consumed with the knowledge of God's greatness and holiness. You lack desire even to to come to this place of worship because you lack true knowledge of who God is and being awestruck with his glorious holiness. In order to come to know this holy God more and more, we must continually read and study and meditate on the word of God. We can know a little bit about God from what his hands have made, but it is only through his word that we will come, really come to know him, specifically and personally and in much greater detail. A second way that we truly know God and thus hallow God's name, according to the catechism, is to sanctify, glorify, and praise God for the works he has done. We don't praise the works themselves, but God. We come to know him by knowing and embracing his wonderful works he's done. Through God's works, we will come to know his almighty power, his wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. What are his amazing works? Well, again, we must go to the Bible to examine them, his works of the past, in order to know him, his mighty works of creation, that he created everything from nothing. And we can study the happenings in this world through what we observe. 
And we can study his saving works of redemption, his plan of redemption conceived before time began. The flood. We can get to know God through the flood that he sent across this world. It reveals that God hates sin, that he's a judging God, but also that he's a saving God. He saved Noah and his family. The plagues against Egypt, his mighty power, the deliverance from slavery out of Egypt. That was God's mightiest act of redemption in the Old Testament. And then the Passover, how he passed over God's people, saving them from what they deserved. God's miraculous providence in the wilderness. And then, of course, we can go to Jesus' virgin birth, his sinless life, his preaching and healing ministry, his sacrificial death, his victorious resurrection, his glorious ascension. Embedded in hallowed be your name is this desire. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. And so a third way of hallowing God's name is to be aware of God's presence always. We must live every day of our lives in a state of God consciousness. Welcome God into your thoughts, into your work, into your conversations. Make him the center of everything you do and say and think. Seek to honor and praise him in your day-to-day living. Do not ever dishonor God or blaspheme his name like the examples that we read about. Be careful with how you speak about him. Speak about him with words of praise and honor. Think about the Lord in ways that reflect the truth about his holy and righteous character, his goodness, greatness, and power. Hopefully, right now, God is at the center of your thoughts. But what about later today or Tuesday morning? Every day and at all times, we must consciously come to him and include him into every thought, word, and activity of ours. David said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. In all our living, we pray that that the name of the Lord will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it like this, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. You and I live every moment before the face of God. He knows and sees and hears everything. And so we aimed to do all things to honor his name. The fourth way to hallow God's name is to live in obedience. To live in obedience. When we live in disobedience, we profane God's name. Instead of 
shining the light of Christ in obedience, we misrepresent him, giving him a bad name in, in our disobedience. Disobedience dishonors the name of Christ. We pour contempt on Christ's sacrifice and communicate disrespect to Christ when we seek to gratify our sinful desires. In our disobedience, we discredit God, saying that our way is better than his. We defy the name of God and act as if we don't know him when we choose to disobey him. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Saying you are a Christian is not enough. We must obey him and do his will. When we hallow God's name, we show evidence that we belong to him. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ and, and have called God your Father? If not, do so today. Believe in the Lord Jesus and then live your life treating God as holy and honor him in all your living. The first request of the Lord's Prayer is so important to start with. God is holy and he must be glorified, praised, and worshipped. God must be honored and seen as great and holy. God's great name must be proclaimed in all the world to the ends of the earth. Habakkuk 2.14 says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is our desire. This is why we pray, hallowed be your name. Let's pray that we do not get in the way of God's glory being spread and celebrated throughout the earth. May we be vessels, instruments for displaying God's holiness. May the Lord forbid us and prevent us from blaspheming his name. May God use us to, to shine the, the light of God's glory so that his name would be hallowed. Jesus said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let our every breath, our, our every word, our every thought, our every action be a living reflection of who God is so that he would be magnified through us. This is, this is our prayer, our aim, and our desire. Amen.